Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry bringing you the Word of God. Of course, it's always an honor, always a privilege to do that. Praise God. We're so grateful that you're connecting with us, whether you're watching or listening. Praise God. How it is, we're just grateful you're with us. Praise God. Once again, we're going to go to Romans chapter 8. Praise God. Who'd have thought? My favorite chapter, right? We're talking, amen, about the law of the mind. And uh, today, we're going to kind of bring out another uh, principle about that. So Romans 8 Let's look at our opening verses, verse 5, 6, and 7 here. Chapter 8, verse 5, it says, For those who live according to the flesh. In other words, words, they live according to, they conduct their actions, their life, how they talk, behavior, it involves everything here. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. In other words, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded or fleshly minded, okay, is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity or fights against, that's what it means, is enmity against God, for it, it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be, all right? So that's the text here. So let's do a little bit of defining here, Okay. Uh, first, is talking about to set the mind. Of course, that's one of the things we focused on last week quite a bit. Talk about setting our mind and what does that mean? It means to aim one's affection or attention towards. In other words, so if you're going to aim your affection or attention towards something, it literally means to exercise the mind, to entertain the mind, to interest the mind. And also, it's a word called mindful, which will come up today. All right. So the word mindful is the same word here as to set one's mind or to set one's attention on all right so anyway what we're talking about here is setting the mind or the law of the mind in fact the verse uh, that brings out that uh, phrase the law of the mind is chapter 7 and verse 23 and the whole text here in chapter 7 there and coming into chapter 8 he's talking about the warfare that goes on between uh, the flesh and the spirit or never as we could say the natural versus the unseen Okay, or seen and unseen, uh, that's what he's talking about here. There's that warfare that goes on all the time, that even though we're a spirit people, we have a tendency sometimes to be more moved by the natural, uh, more moved by things of this earth, things of this realm, and uh, it happens. Okay, it's real easy to do. That's why in Colossians 3, uh, it makes it very clear, set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. It's a choice we have to make. All right, to set your mind on higher things or to set your mind here on things uh, on this earth. We could say maybe low-level things, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad things. It just means uh, that sometimes we get more caught up on things going on around us than we do on what God has to say or God's thoughts, all right? So that's what we're, we're dealing with here today. So, again, I don't want you to think when we're talking about, um, you know, thoughts about on this earth, fleshly thoughts, it isn't always dealing with uh, immoral things. In fact, let's define that back here in Romans 8 again. Uh, Verse 5 again, it says, those who live according to the flesh. So what does that mean, according to the flesh? Well, it refers to the human nature or live by the human nature. Now, I want to explain this again. I did it last week. I'm going to do it again this week, okay? Uh, It's not just dealing with moral depravity or corruptness, or immorality, okay? Now, obviously, it can include that, no doubt about it, okay? But most of the time when you hear the word flesh, our mind runs to that primarily because of uh, 
like Galatians 5, it brings some things out. And so you pretty much think of more about immoral things, and that's not necessarily true. This particular word also refers to its tendencies to lean on its own strength, power, or natural ability. And that's kind of what he's talking about here in Romans 8. He's dealing with not being somebody that always leans on your own strength, always leans on your own power, your own natural abilities all the time. But when you set your mind on things of this natural realm all the time, you start living by it. You start living according to that, all right? Now, the law of the mind, okay, as it says there in chapter 7, the law of the mind refers to attention determines direction. That's what he's bringing out in chapter 7 and chapter 8 here, that your attention, where you set your mind, where you aim your affection or aim your attention, okay, or, or interest that mind or to become mindful of something determines a direction. It determines whether you're going to go according to the Spirit or according to the flesh. In other words, are you going to lean on your own natural abilities and strength or are you going to be lean on the Spirit uh, end of things. In other words, let the Spirit of God empower you, strengthen you, lead you, guide you. Amen. In fact, the word Spirit, remember, one of its definitions is the breath, okay, a wind or current of air or breath, amen, of God. So when you start thinking about this, what he's talking about is set your mind on them higher things, set your mind on his thoughts, his ways, set your mind on him, and if you'll begin to do that, all of a sudden now you're allowing him to breathe that breath of life into you from day to day, leads you, guides you, so you now live according to the Spirit versus living according to the flesh. Now, that was a real quick review of last week, all right? Well, let's go back here and read some more of this. So, for those who live according to the flesh, I'm in chapter 8, verse 5 again. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit Okay, the things of the Spirit. In other words, set their mind on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, fleshly minded, naturally minded. You know, your mind's down here on earth. That's where you're focusing on all the time, all right? It says it ends up in this place called death, okay, which means ruin, destruction, despair, okay, is what it's talking about, okay? Um, literally, as you kind of look up this word and get into it, it refers to the place of Hades, which is defined as, you know, days like hell on earth, okay? And you've maybe heard me mention that quite a, quite a bit lately, okay? And that's what we don't want, okay? So in other words, if you're going to keep your mind set down here and you're carnally minded, you're always naturally minded, uh, always caught up in the scene realm, what's going to happen is you're going to live according to your own power, your own strength, your own natural abilities, and what happens is ultimately you're going to run out of strength, run out of ability, run out of, uh, you know, what you need to get the job done. And what happens is things start falling apart, and sometimes they fall apart real quick. And that's a fact. And that's why we can say sometimes it's like days like hell on earth, okay? Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, just everything just goes south real quick. And it can. That's why we want to live by the Spirit and not live uh, according to the flesh or the natural realm, all right? So it says here in verse 6 again, for the carnal mind is death, but to be spiritually minded, okay, here we go, is life and peace, okay? Now this word life, okay, is the word uh, zoe, okay, where we get our word, um, you know, life or abundant life or the life of God. In fact, Paul refers to it as the life of God. Uh, our Savior refers to it as abundant life. He says there in John 10, Okay, so all of this is referring to uh, this Zoe life, this absolute life. And the reason he uses the, the, the phrase absolute life 
It means it's free from darkness, death, despair, free from the curse. Okay, we can go on and on about everything of the darkness or of, the, of, the, of evil. Okay, it means that you're free from that. So Zoe life is free from that. It says life and peace in this reference. Okay, the word peace, irene, is the, is the Greek word, uh, which is the same he, as the Hebrew word shalom, which both mean, uh, you know, complete or wholeness. Uh, it means to be set at one again, in other words, to bring everything back into a divine order. It means literally a place of, 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 uh, of peace, uh, free from chaos, a place free from stress, free from anxiety, mental torment. Okay, a lot said there, but the bottom line is uh, you have to decide which road you want to live on. This road that heads toward ruin, uh, destruction, death, or this, ruin that, or this road that heads toward uh, you know, life and peace, all right, absolute life or, or completeness, wholeness, uh, free from anxiety, amen, hallelujah, everything brought back into divine order, praise God. That's the road I'd rather be on. I'm sure you do too. But then it goes on here in verse 7, it starts talking about how the carnal mind, in other words, if you're going to constantly live with your mind down here, now remember, the law of the mind, okay, attention determines direction okay always okay it's no different than going down a highway you could be going down as straight a highway as you could ever drive on but if you're looking and gawking and i'm a gawker so i know what it means to look around and try to see everything all right but you can be looking around if you look too too long to the right guess what no matter how straight that road is you're eventually, pretty soon, you're going to turn that steering wheel toward the right because you're, you're looking over here, okay? Your attention's over here. It's the same thing. You look to the left. If your attention's on that long enough, it ain't long, and your vehicle's now moving to the left because attention always equals or determines direction, all right? Now, hear that. So now, verse 7, it says, but the carnal mind is enmity against God. In other words, it fights against God. All right, it's not saying that, that you're against God. It just says that your mind, when you're going to always have a mind that sits down here, it's going to always war against God because God lives up here, okay, in a sense. Okay, his thoughts are always up here. He sees the whole uh, perspective. Uh, he sees the whole spectrum of everything from start to finish. He understands what's going on. And so the more you let him lead you, guide you, and direct you, the more you'll steer clear of all this mess that's going on down here. In fact, he doesn't deny the existence of all the mess down here. He's just trying to help you steer clear and maneuver or navigate, maybe I should say, navigate through all the stuff that goes on uh, down here on planet Earth. Well, we're talking about family, talking about business, we're talking about, you know, church life, we're talking about, uh, you know, raising up your babies, raising up your grandkids, however it is, praise God, God wants to help you with all that. But see, if we live down here, and our mind is always on things of this natural realm, you have to understand, now it's warring against God. God's trying to lead you, guide you, direct you, but you're too busy being focused down here, and you're now getting on a road that just lets this dictate, and now you're living by your own abilities, your own power, your own strength, your own assumptions, uh, your own reasoning, and we can go on and on and on. And how many know that is, that's usually going to get you in trouble? All right, or at least somewhere down the road, that's going to get you in trouble. Well, we're saying here, if you're going to, if you're going to put your mind down here, now see it's warring against God. God's trying to lead. God's trying to help you. He can't do nothing because you're too busy driving, you know, down the wrong road. All right. 
So the, as soon as you start putting your attention on things above, now he can start leading you again, praise God. All right, verse 7 again. So the carnal mind is enmity against God. It says, for it is not subject to the law or the principles, it means, of God, nor indeed can be. And that word uh, subject to is a word that means reflects to obey. And it just means that the, old, the, the only reason that this is the way it is is because you can't now, there, there's no reflex for you to obey anything because you're too busy doing it in your own strength and ability and power to the point that now you're dictating where you're going, how you're going, all that kind of stuff. And even though he's trying to lead you, there's no, there's no reflex to obey. There's nothing there. You're not subject to any of it because now you, you, you can't even, you, you're not picking up nothing. You're not hearing nothing. And you're sure as heck ain't going to follow if you're not hearing it. All right. So this is what he's talking about. So the law of the mind, attention determines direction. All he's trying to do is get you to give him your attention. Amen. Set your mind on things above. Set your mind on higher things, on the God thoughts, amen, on the God ways, on the God principles, amen, the God things, amen. Start setting your mind on things above. And when you begin to do that, now all of a sudden he can lead you, guide you, direct you, praise God, and now you're steering clear of all the pitfalls that the enemy may lay. You're steering clear of all the, the chaos and the, and the stuff that's out of order. Pretty soon now all this stuff starts lining up, starts coming into order like he promises, praise God. Now you're living according, amen, to the Spirit, amen, on a road of life and peace, seeing God show himself strong on your behalf. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. This stuff excites me. Amen. All right. Where we're going to go today, let's go to Proverbs uh, chapter 23. We'll start there real quick. Proverbs 23. And uh, kind of a common text when you start talking about setting a mind. Uh, this usually comes up. All right. And let's read uh, verse 6 and 7 of Proverbs 23, please. 23, 6 and 7. It says, Do not eat the bread of a miser, nor desire his delicacies. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Now, quite a bit said in there, but a lot of times we hear that first part of verse 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, all right? But what he's talking about in context is the bread of a miser. Now, the New King James uses the word miser. It's a word that, that really, when you break it down, it means to manipulate or a manipulator, okay? It literally means uh, evil eye or uh, evil intention, okay? So when it's talking about an individual that's good, that knows how to manipulate others, okay? That's what it's talking about. So do not eat the bread of a manipulator, uh, nor desire his delicacies. In other words, uh, you know, his, you know, what he offers, uh, and it actually is a word that means appetite, pleasure, or greed, Okay, and it says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, you're really not going to change him. Okay, that's, that's who he is. That's who he wants to be. And that, that's, you know, that's just who he is. See, as he thinks, as he, he thinks, he has to manipulate to get anywhere. So as he thinks, so he exists. So he, you know, he lives, okay? Okay, and it says, eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. In other words, he's, he's trying to manipulate. He's always trying to do. Now, he, what he's trying to bring out, even though it's a negative um, Maybe a negative example here, but what he's trying to show you is a man thinks in his heart, so he is, or so he exists, or so he becomes, okay? So in other words, that's if a guy thinks in his heart that the only way he can get anywhere in life is manipulate others, guess what? That's how he's going to live. He's going to manipulate no matter what. Even there are times that guys like that that manipulate and lie, they don't even know sometimes when they're doing it. 
I mean, they do it so much. That's how they live. That's how they exist. Their whole life is about that. They think that's the only way they're going to survive. And so what happens, that's how they live. That's what he's bringing out. Well, here you and me are. We're living life. And the same thing holds true to you and me. How you think, okay, how, what, what, what you, how you think is going to determine how you're going to conduct life. He's saying really a lot of the same things it says there in Romans 8, okay, and Colossians 3 there. Okay, so this is what he's talking about. But let's define some of this, and it'll kind of bring out another uh, hidden truth in this. And he says here, as, uh, as he thinks, this is verse 7, as he thinks in his heart, so is he, or so he exists. Now, the word think here. Shaar, S H A A R, and it means to estimate, think, um, but it literally means to split or to open a door or a gateway, okay? It means to act as a gatekeeper. So as a man opens up, you know, and he says, as he thinks his heart, in other words, what, what he opens up to, okay, that's why, that's why a person is the way they are, it's what they open up to, what they continually listen to or feed on is going to determine something. See, what they open up the gate to, okay, within, okay, in fact, the word uh, in his heart, uh, one of the translations, I think it's the passion, brings out within himself. So it's talking about as a man thinks in his heart or within himself. It literally means the core, what he lets in, you know, who he is. This, This represents him and what he lets in is going to determine who he becomes or how he exists, okay. In fact, the word here, so is he, means so he exists, or so he becomes, okay, which again is saying the exact same thing that we read there in Romans 8. But the thing I wanted to bring out is what you open the gate to and let in is going to determine some things, all right? Hang on to that. Okay, Matthew now. We're going to spend the rest of our time in Matthew today. Oh, hallelujah. Hope you have an ear to hear, child of God. Matthew 16, all right, and... uh, Let's go ahead and read through all of this and um, bring out some truths here. Verse 13, Matthew 16, 13, it says, When Jesus came into the, uh, the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am, or that I, the Son of Man, am? And so they said, Well, some say, you know, John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said, you know, some... Some of the other, you know, things, you know, he's a man raised, you know, a prophet raised back from the dead kind of a thing, uh, a good man, all, all kinds of things that they're coming up with here, okay? That's why they mentioned some of these names. One of the prophets of old that's reincarnated kind of a thing is what they're kind of talking about. And he said to them, but, but okay, that's the talk, but, but who do you say that I am? Okay, it always comes down to that, you know, what's working in you, right? Who, who do you say that I am? All right, praise God. Now, Simon Peter answered, okay, and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's a good answer, right? It's a great answer, all right? In fact, you know, when he kind of implies that he kind of really spoke up and bang, had had an answer real quick. Well, Jesus answered, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father who is in heaven. In other words, the Father above revealed something to him. Okay, this is the truth from above. Amen. So obviously, praise God, he's got his attention in the right direction here, and he's grabbing hold of something. Okay, God's showing him something, all right? God's revealing something. Literally means to pull the cover back to show you something. So what's happening is, probably with everything going on, you know, Peter and and the boys, they're all there, but Peter uh, is the one that spoke, 
But he said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Well, obviously, you know, he's got his attention in the right place. God can speak to him, breathe something into him. And when he brings it up, it was, it was a, a big enough deal that Jesus addresses it, okay, that, man, that your Father in heaven is the one that revealed that to you. All right, all right, now hang on. And he said, I also, verse 18, I also say to you that you are Peter, okay, and on this rock I will build my church. Now, the word uh, Peter is the word uh, that means, is Petros, which means a stone, okay? But he said, on this rock, which is the word Petra, okay? So it's kind of a little bit of a play on words he's doing with Peter right now, okay? He's saying, you know, that you, you, are, you are like a, like a stone. You're like a, a piece of a rock. But he says, but what you just said is like the rock, you know? It's like... It is the key thing right here, okay? That's what he's trying to bring out here, okay? That on this rock, right? In other words, what you just said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or hell, right, shall not prevail against it, which is true. When you have a revelation of who he is, amen, it doesn't matter what the enemy tries on you, praise God, he ain't got nothing on you, praise God, is what he's trying to say. He said, in other words, he's showing Peter, you know, you got your attention in the right place, you've set your mind in the right place, you've obviously opened up the gate and let let something in good here now, and then you have a response that's right, and he says, on that response alone, if you can live by that, he said, all of hell itself will bow the knee, amen, if you will maintain that and live in that, praise God. He said, I will give you, verse 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heavens or in the heavenlies, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in the heavenlies, praise God. He's talking about authority and dominion here, okay? And he said, then he commanded the disciples uh, that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. In other words, just keep, on, uh, keep it on a low scale here. Let's not uh, get all caught up in this. But anyway, he's talking to him about the power of what he brought out and, and the area how the demonic realm has to bow the knee to this kind of, a, uh, this kind of revelation, all right? Then he says something, verse 21. And it says, from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised a third day. Now, we don't know the time span from basically verse 20 to verse 21. We know it's pretty close. We don't know if it's the same day. Uh, we probably, for the most part, assume it's the same day. But he said from that moment on, he began to talk to him about the price that he was going to have to pay. All right, so whether this, con- this next conversation came up, you know, within minutes, within hours, or the next day, we don't totally know that. But it's the same man now he's in a conversation with that he just got done being in a conversation with, okay, in the first few verses we read. So Peter, okay, verse 22, then took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now think about that, okay? He just went from, in a sense, from knowing that he's the Christ, the son of the living God. Get that, okay? If you got a revelation of that, this next thing shouldn't have been said, right? If you're actually living by that from day to day, all right? But we're talking about here now, okay, he's now, based on everything that, the, that Jesus is talking about, his attention now somehow went from up here down to here. Okay, I want you to hang on to this. This is what's going on. Jesus is talking about the price that he has to pay. 
Okay, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be killed on the third day. I'm going to be raised again. Now, see, this, see, they went from up here, the thoughts, you know, he's the Christ, the son of a living God. God breathed, God revealed, amen, to all of a sudden coming down here now going, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, what, what, what do you mean about you dying and you being raised up? What, what, what are you talking about? So he went from up here down to here now, and now all of a sudden his attention's down here. And then he, he's, now he thinks he needs to rebuke Jesus for saying that. That's, pretty, that's pretty, pretty bold here, buddy. All right, he says, he rebuked him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. See, what happens when you come down here, you're looking, all of a sudden, you know, your reasoning, your assumptions, all that kind of stuff begins to take over. And now it's all about your abilities, your power. See, he's saying, listen, we're not going to let that happen. There ain't no way. In fact, we, we have other references where they, they this isn't going to happen. We're not going to let this happen to you. Well, buddy, it's not up to you. This, this are still, these are still thoughts up here. We're still up here somewhere. Come on now, we're still up here. Amen. We got, remember, Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. So he's saying, listen, everything I'm telling you is what the Father told me. Everything I'm showing you and walking out is what the Father has declared to me, has spoke and has shown me. I ain't saying anything to you that isn't, you know, that's a falsehood. But he says, no, we're, far be it. We're not going to let that happen to you. Well, Jesus turns to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful. Here we go. There's that word. You are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. In other words, somewhere along the line, from like verse uh, over here to verse 17 to verse 22, okay, somewhere in there, okay, and like I said, we don't know the total time frame, but somewhere between those verses, he went from thoughts up here to thoughts down here. And remember, when he came down here, guess what? Now he's being rebuked for what he said. He's in trouble for it. Now I want to define something here. And I want to say a couple statements here with everything we've been hearing so far. Now, mindsets are where you set your mind, okay, will either lock us to limits or free us to fulfill. Lock us to limits. In other words, if you're going to live down here, you're going to live based on a realm of limits. But when you come up here, okay, it unlocks, amen, it, now you begin to be free to fulfill all that you're called to do and be in God. God's just saying, if you set your attention up here, all of a sudden I can do something with you. Now it's not enmity against me. It's not warring against me. You're not on a road of ruin and destruction. Instead, you're on that road of life and peace where I can guide you, direct you, and lead you. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Now let's look at some of these words here, okay? Keep this in mind. He says here uh, in verse 21 that he must go to Jerusalem, okay? This word here, must go. Now just hang on. Hang on to this now. Must go is talking about that it's necessary, okay? Uh, it means it's needful, okay? It needs to be done, a must, but it means it has something binding. Now, the reason that's, I'm reasoning that because when he says that he must do this, this is obviously something the Father says, this is something you must do. If we're going to get this thing done, this thing turned around, this is something you must do. In other words, it's binding, okay? This is critical. This has to be done. Okay, now hang on to that, okay? So then you get up here to verse 22, and it says Peter took him aside, okay? Now this word here, uh, took, uh, this word is a word that means to take unto or to oneself, 
to take aside or to lead aside. Now, hang on to that word lead again because it, it comes up here. That word lead aside, okay? Okay, so in other words, see, Jesus is being led by the higher thoughts, what God has told him to do. Earlier, we see uh, Peter was led in what he said because of higher thoughts. He set his mind on the God thing. Now, all of a sudden, he's being led to say something that came straight from heaven. Jesus is trying to do all this because he's being led. Hang on. Led by higher thoughts, amen, to do what he's called to do. But now Peter comes along and takes him, trying to lead. He said, listen, I, I know all this, whatever, whatever. You come here, I'm going to show you something. I want to talk to you about this, all right? I'm, gonna take, I'm, I'm taking the lead here. No, you're not, Peter. <laughs> anyway, he says he began to rebuke him. Amen. And saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Amen. Now, let's move on down here. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Okay, now hang on to this. Get behind me, Satan. Let's define that. Okay, to get, okay, literally means to depart, go away, to withdraw or retire. But it literally means as if sinking out of sight. Now, get this. It also means to lead oneself under. In other words, what what Jesus is talking about, he's taking the lead over. Listen, you trying to lead me, you pulled me aside to rebuke me for something that is a higher thought, a God thought, I'm taking the lead back, buddy. You get, okay? I'm not going there. You're not leading nothing. And this is the question today. Who's leading you? Is it the higher thoughts or the thoughts of this realm? See, that's what happened to Peter. He went from higher thoughts down to earthly thoughts, and all of a sudden his own reasoning, own assumptions, and it got him in trouble. Who's leading you? Jesus made it real clear. He's not going to be led by that. Okay, and he says, get behind me. Now, this word here, behind me, means a change of direction or to the back. In other words, that's what he's saying. To the back, dude. You, you ain't up front leading nothing. You get, you get behind here. I'm the one taking the lead here. All right? You're not, you got wrong thoughts here. And then he used the word Satan. Now, you think, my God. Goodness, man, that's pretty serious stuff here, all right? And, you know, you hear a lot of talk. Is, is he really calling Peter that, or is he addressing the spirit or whatever? But you have to remember, Satan, the word says Satan, uh, amongst many things, okay, he's an accuser. Now, you hang on to this, okay? He's a deceiver. He's an accuser. Okay, now think about this in the light of what Peter did, okay? Really, what is Peter saying? Okay, uh, Lord... This, ought, this is not going to happen to you. This ought not be. We're not going to let that happen to you. Amen. So what, do you think Jesus is just making this up? you think Jesus is, is lying to you? Do you think Jesus doesn't know what he's talking about? You know, a, little, a few verses earlier, you're saying he's the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, all of a sudden, he doesn't know what he's talking about. So you're accusing him now of lying, or you're accusing him of one that doesn't know what he's doing? Think about it. That's how serious this is. But see, when you, when you bring your mind down here, and this is where you live, everything else, you live out of your own assumptions, your own reasonings, and pretty soon, you know, your thoughts can get pretty squirrely pretty quick. And that's a fact, child of God. Now, I hope you're hearing this, all right? So what's happening, he says, get behind me, Satan, all right? Now, okay, for you are an offense, okay? That literally means a snare or a trap. Okay, an occasion to fall or a stumbling block. Okay, so in other words, if I even remotely let you lead here, I'm going to stumble. This ain't going to work, and we're going to end up in trouble. We're going to get on the wrong road, and then we're going to have 
all kinds of issues, problems here, and nothing's going to get done like it should. Now, that's what he's trying to bring out here, all right? Some thoughts, now get this, please. Some thoughts are just traps, okay, set to take the lead, okay? Some thoughts uh, will lead you wrong. I'm just telling you, okay? Now, I'm kind of getting ahead of some things we're going to talk about in, in future services here, but the bottom line is, okay, that's why you got to take every thought captive. If you don't take every thought captive, uh, those thoughts are going to take you captive, and then it'll lead you wrong, and you're going you're to go down the wrong road, all right? And I just need you to understand this, okay? As your thoughts go, so goes your life. Hang on. As your thoughts go, so goes your life. And what Jesus is trying to say is, listen, okay, you're not leading here because your, your thoughts are down here. You're, you're too busy trying to reason everything in your head. Now the enemy is now directing you, guiding you, leading you, and I'm not about to let you lead my thoughts. So he says, you get behind me. You take the back here. I'm taking the front. I'm leading here because my thoughts are connecting with his thoughts, which are higher thoughts, praise God. I choose the God thoughts. I choose God's will, God's words. I choose way the God, uh, you know, the God things. Amen. I'm choosing God here. And as a result of it, praise God, I'm going to now continue to walk down that road of life in peace. Now, obviously, Jesus... You know, you would think that road he's getting on is going to be a tough one, but obviously it is, but it's still a a road of life and peace because he's doing the will of the Father. If he's doing the will of the Father, he's going to affect all mankind. Literally, by the decision that man made, praise God, it affected the whole earth. It affected all mankind. Now, if he would have gave into that thought, you say, you're right, Peter. What was I thinking? Yeah, you're right. I don't want to go down that road. I don't want to do this. Uh, you know, then what will happen? Uh, we, we may all still be in a lot, of, a lot of trouble. All right. But anyway, you know, nobody wants to think about that. Amen. Now, we're in the book of Matthew. Let's, let's go a little bit further in Matthew, chapter 26, before I let you go here. We're just about done here. Matthew 26. And I'm just going to kind of show you a little bit of how this thing works, okay, again, and, and, and actually using Peter as part of our example here. All right, verse 31 of chapter 26, all right, then Jesus said to them all, talking about all the disciples, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered, okay, so he's talking now the same thing what he was talking back there in chapter 16, but after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Now, Peter, look at this. Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made uh, to stumble. Now, again, here he is, back down here again. The Christ, the Son of a living God, said, you're all going to stumble tonight. He says, no, no, I'm coming down here. I'm, I'm going to take the lead here for a second. I'm going to follow this lead here. Uh, my reasoning says, ain't, ain't never going to happen. Now, how many know that probably, to be honest, uh, I believe that his intentions are right. Um, I believe that Peter, you know, is thinking, you know, he, you know, he's not about to just let somebody, you know, you know come in and, and kill my Savior. You know, he, but he, his intentions are right. But how many know you can have good intentions and wrong thoughts? And if your thoughts are wrong, ultimately, it now leads you in a wrong, it leads you wrong. And now, attention determines direction, wrong thoughts leads you down a wrong road. And even though you have good intentions, listen to me, child of God, you may have great intentions. You may even have honorable intentions. But if it's, if it's not a God thought, if you're now doing something that's contrary to what God wants, now it's enmity against God. It's warring against God. And now you can't even be, you know, you can't, you can't even do nothing with that. Okay, well, now we're going to have some trouble. All right, he goes on now. 
Jesus said to him, Surely I say to you, verse 34, that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Now, you notice they all jumped in here and said, That's right. We ain't gonna, none of us are going to do this. All right. But how many know before it was over with, every one of them denied him. Every one of them tucked tail and ran. Okay. Now, obviously, Peter got himself embarrassed okay, by the whole situation, but you notice he's talking, this is what's going to happen, okay, okay, because that's the nature of man, you think about it, and he's, now he's, now listen, hang on, then Jesus came and said to them, uh, Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and, uh, and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there, and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Why? Because of what's ahead here. He knows what's ahead here in a few hours. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Now, he's telling them, stay here and pray. I just want you guys to stay here and pray. I'm going to go over here and pray. Amen. So stay connected. Stay locked on. Amen. Here he says, stay here and watch. In other words, stay connected. Be attentive. Okay. He went a little farther, fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Now, keep that all in mind with everything he's been talking about. That's why he couldn't entertain any low-level thoughts. He couldn't entertain thoughts of this earth or natural reasoning or assumptions. He couldn't let what Peter was saying be something that even remotely got a, a little tidbit of a seed in there. He, he, I can't let any of this in. Get behind me, Satan. Why? Because if I start entertaining this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss out on the will of God. All right? Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch? Look at that. There's that word. Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, and it's always willing. The spirit always wants to, always wants to lead, always wants to help you out. Praise God! But the flesh is weak. Now, why did I read that? Because it's all about what you give your attention to. And if you all recall, Amen. They didn't watch and pray. They all fell asleep. Why? They didn't prepare themselves. They didn't set their mind on things above, and that's a reason why every one of them cowered. Every one of them tucked tail and ran. Every one of them denied him. And a lot of times Peter gets blamed for things and, and even, you know, doubting Thomas and all the things that they, they, you know, they pick on a couple of these guys. But every one of those disciples were guilty of the same thing. And this is what he's trying to bring. And listen, if you, if you don't put your attention, that's why, child of God, I say anytime you can watch and pray, get your attention on God. Why? You're more apt to choose the higher thoughts. Amen. Let God lead and guide so you remain on a road of life and peace. But if your attention is always on low-level thinking, your attention is always on the earth and always about, you know, what you're going through, what's happening, what somebody said, and pretty soon, little by little, that's where you begin uh, to, uh, or it begins to take the lead, I should say. It's now leading you, and here you go, down a road of ruin and destruction instead of a road of life and peace. And child of God, I just wanted to bring this out. I just feel like, you know, uh, if, if you understand how simple it is to just set your mind on things above, that uh, how the, the principle, let me say that, how simple the principle is, okay? Okay, because it, it, it is 
you know, when you start living life, pretty soon everything down here wants to get your attention, get to dictating and controlling, and pretty soon it's dominating. It's now leading. But if you will, if you will hook up to the principle, the law of the mind, set your mind on things above. If you will do that, it's amazing. Just that simple principle of keeping your mind stayed on him, amen, that where now your attention now determines your direction, and all of a sudden you just literally put yourself on a road of life and peace, amen, free from stress, free from anxiety, a life made filled with absolute abundant life, the life of God, amen. Praise God that no matter what's going on around you, you can walk in the peace of God, the joy of the Lord, the strength of God, God constantly breathing into you, praise God. And then all of a sudden, all this stuff around you that might be a little bit chaotic and out of order, God begins to snap the slack out of it. Pretty soon it starts lining up and it begins to, uh, to, to come together like it's supposed to. All things brought into divine order. Amen. If you will just keep your attention on things above. Oh, hallelujah. I hope you got something today, child of God. We're going to kind of dive into this for a couple weeks here. Look at this and just bring out some more uh, good nuggets from week to week. Anyway, and I hope you got something. Father, I give you praise and glory once again for a people of God that had an ear to hear, a heart to receive, and again, for opening the eyes of their understanding. Father, for that, we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.